plus extremes. Blue Ribbon Town was a comedy variety radio series, sponsored by Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, broadcast on CBS from March 27, 1943, to August 5, 1944. The 30-minute series was heard Saturday nights at 10.30 p.m. until October when it moved to 8 p.m. It was also known as Pabst Blue Ribbon Town. The comedy situations, starring Groucho Marx, took place in the mythical American community of Blue Ribbon Town where men were men, women were women, and the jokes were mainly puns. Other regulars were Virginia O'Brien, Leo Gorsi and Faye McKenzie. The vocalists were Kenny Baker, who took over as host after Marx left in June 1944, Bill Days and Donald Dixon. Dick Joy was the announcer. Small Business Times editor Steve Jagler wrote about the program's visit to Milwaukee February 5, 1944, to celebrate Pabst's 100th anniversary. The dialogue of the old radio show is classic Groucho shtick, co-star Faye McKenzie says to the host, Oh, Groucho. Look, there's Lake Michigan. My, it's choppy today. See all the whitecaps? In his trademark sarcastic tone, Groucho replies, Yes, isn't it wonderful? You get near the place where they make Pabst beer, and even the lake has a head on it. The Milwaukee crowd erupts in laughter and applause. Announcer Durward Kirby then interrupts the skit to promote Pabst and its 100-year anniversary, in a pitch that seems eerily ironic today, given the brewer's demise a half-century later. The show was written directed and produced by Dick Mack. Robert Armbruster supplied the music. Pat's Blue Ribbon Beer presents Blue Ribbon Town, starring Groucho Marx, with his special guest, Charles Lawson. Come on down, come to Blue Ribbon Town, where you found your daily Beverly Hills leading citizen, Charles Lawton, coming to visit the leading citizen of Blue Ribbon Town, there's a happy time in store tonight. Now, among the Blue Ribbon greeters are Faye McKenzie, Bill Days, Neil Gorsi, Robert Armbruster, and his Blue Ribbon Blenders, yours truly, Ken Niles, and here in his parlor, completely recovered from his automobile accident, which he thinks is now a thing of the past, is our producer of laughter and smasher of lamp posts, Dr. Marsh. Groucho, how are you feeling? Fine, Armbrus, so fine. What a wonderful day. I just went into a gas station and told the attendant to give me 16 gallons of gas. 16 gallons? Did you have enough coupons for 16 gallons? Oh, I didn't have to worry about coupons. You didn't? No, he didn't have any gas. <laughs> I didn't have any car, either. It's still in the garage being fixed after my automobile accident. You know, Groucho, to look at you, it's hard to believe that you were ever banged up by a lamppost. Maybe so, but yesterday I couldn't get out of bed all day. You mean you were so weak? No, the string of my pajamas was caught in the bedpost. <laughs> Hello, Bobby. Hi, Groucho. Gee, it's nice to see you back in form again. Thank you, Faye, and it's nice to see your form back again. <laughs> Come in, if that's what you had in mind. Are you Groucho Marx? Yes, I'm Groucho Marx. Oh, fine, take this. Goodbye. Hmm. I thought I'd never get rid of that guy. <laughs> What's in the envelope you gave you, Groucho? Aren't you going to open it? I might as well. I need the exercise. Oh, it's a Christmas card. Christmas card? At this date? Certainly. It says, Greetings. And it's from Beverly Hills. Sweet kid, Beverly. <laughs> Groucho, that's not a Christmas card. It's a summons. A summons? A fine kettle of fish. 
The city of Beverly Hills is suing me for running into that lamppost, and they demand I pay $498.24. What's the 24 cents for? I don't know. Probably amusement tax. <laughs> well, Groucho, there's only one sensible way to look at this. The damage has been done, and you've got to pay the piper. Pay the piper? I should say not. I'll pay Beverly Hills and let the piper collect from them. <laughs> By the way, has anybody seen the morning piper? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I get scotched every once in a while. <laughs> well, Groucho, I'm glad you admit you're wrong. Yes, Faye, I made a mistake, and I must pay the consequences. Now I've got to pay three people. Beverly Hills, the piper, and the consequences. <laughs> Anybody seen the evening piper? <laughs> oh, well, I've got the face that I ruined the lamppost and I should pay for it. There's only one little thing I want to do first. What's that? See if I can find somebody who can get me out of it. <laughs> now, who do I know who has influence in Beverly Hills? Well, Groucho, don't you have a lot of friends and pictures? Yes, but it would take an awful long time to get them out of the frame. <laughs> Say, I know a prominent citizen of Beverly Hills who can help me. Charlie Lawton. He's very influential in civic affairs there. He is? Well, why don't you call him Groucho? Silly to call him Groucho. His name is Charlie. <laughs> I mean, why don't you call Charlie Groucho? I've nothing to say to Charlie Groucho. <laughs> but you've given me a great idea. I'll call Charlie Lawton. <laughs> Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Classic streams. While I put through the call to Lawton, you can discuss your favorite subject. My favorite subject? Whatever are you talking about, Mr. Oh, Lawton? come, come. Stop the stalling, Niles. We're waiting. It's time for a little paps to paps talk. Uh, sorry, Groucho. On that subject, I've prepared nary a word tonight. Nary a word. Sorry, sir. <laughs> the man's mad. Oh, well, I guess it's up to me to say a few words about Pat's. Ah, Pat's. Neighbors? Do you realize the tremendous popularity of Pat's Blue Ribbon Beer? Why, if all the empty Pat's beer bottles were stretched end-to-end across the country, there'd be an awful lot of flat tires on the Lincoln Highway. <laughs> Are there any questions? Will all the married women in the audience raise their hands? Oh, well, I've got to call Lawton. Uh, go ahead, Groucho, while we relax and listen as our Blue Ribbon Blender sing a tune dedicated to your experiences with the city of Beverly Hills. I'm riding for a fall. Like a 
Well, well, this is Sailor's Deluxe. I've hardly put down the receiver, and here's my friend, Charles Lawton. Charlie, old Bean. Fine, Groucho, old Bean. It's nice to see you again, old Bean. It's nice to see you again, old Bean. This place is full of old beans, isn't it? <laughs> Tell me, Groucho, old pal, what is this little scrape you've gotten yourself into, old pal? Oh, it's really nothing, old pal. The city of Beverly Hills is suing me on an absurd charge for a trivial sum of money, old pal. We've got enough old pals in here to eat those old beans. <laughs> About this lawsuit, what can I do for you, old chum? Well, old chum, uh, with your influence, I thought you could get them to forget the whole thing, old chum, old pal, old beans. Oh, it's entirely possible, old chum. I say, Groucho, you better tell those old pals to save some of those old beans for those old chums. <laughs> Anyhow, tell me, Charlie, are you good at, uh, shall we say, uh, adjusting things? I rather think I am. Several years ago, someone donated a Florida grapefruit tree to Beverly Hills to plant it in the park. A friend of mine found one of the grapefruits on the ground and was arrested for picking it, but I got him off. Did you prove he didn't pick it? No, I proved insanity. <laughs> what Californian in his right mind would pick a Florida grapefruit? <laughs> now, uh, this trivial sum you're sued for, just how much is it? Oh, 24 cents. Only 24 cents? Well, that's the trivial part of it. <laughs> the sum is $498. Well, uh, that is quite a sum. What did you do, knock over a lamppost? takes a pretty stupid driver to knock over a lamppost. <laughs> 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 Meet the stupidest driver in Beverly Hills. How do you do? How do you... Ch Charlie, it really wasn't my fault. I was driving along the boulevard when suddenly this lamppost ran over in front of me and struck me. Hmm. Are you sure you didn't strike the lamppost? Well, that depends on whose side you're on. Hello, Mr. Mark. Hello, Bill. Bill, I'd like you to meet one of our most distinguished screen actors, one of the most popular members of the English colony in Hollywood. How do you do? How do you do? Gosh, just think, I'm standing here shaking hands with Ronald Coleman. <laughs> Bill, this is Charlie Lawton. Oh, uh, that's a natural mistake. Why, the other day I was taken for Tyrone Power. <laughs> that's nothing. The other day I was taken for 30 bucks in a crap game. <laughs> Uh, that was a natural mistake, too. Huh? <laughs> now, let me see. Where were we? Uh, I was in a crap game. I don't know where you are. <laughs> Dreaming I was still on power. Oh, yeah, more we power to you, Charlie. <laughs> we were discussing Mr. Marx's little accident. Mr. Marx's little accident? Why, he drove smack into a lamppost. Bill, I was... Oh, he did, did he? Why did he wreck it? Bill, Mr. Lawton isn't interested And what in I it. can't understand is that if Mr. Marx was driving on the wrong side of the street like he usually does, how did he happen to hit a lamppost on the right side of the street? The wrong side of the street, huh? Uh, Bill, uh, would you mind answering the telephone? There must be something wrong with my ears. I don't hear anything ringing. You step outside for a minute, I'll fix that. <laughs> Groucho, I'm disappointed in you. You've deliberately misrepresented this case to me. Oh, I did not. I may have lied a little. <laughs> a little? You've not only camouflaged the details, but you've withheld the pertinent facts about this accident, which is obviously entirely your fault, and if you want my opinion, Groucho Marx, yeah. you're a bad boy. <laughs> I want my mama. <laughs> Look, Charlie, you're taking the wrong attitude. I only was driving... That's enough, Mark. You attempted through conniving and trickery to make me a party to a plot to swindle the beautiful city of Beverly Hills. 
And as a loyal citizen of said city, I intend to see that you are brought to justice. But, Charlie, you promised to help me. I won't help you, Groucho Marx. You're a minister to society, and my duty is clear. Hiya, Marty. Yes, Groucho Marx. I'm going to see that you're put behind bars. That's where every criminal belongs. So long, Marty. <laughs> are you a friend of his? I ain't talking, copper. What do you know about this accident? I don't know nothing about nothing. <laughs> That's one of the most accurate statements I've ever heard. <laughs> Besides, Flatfoot, you can't take me in without a writ of habeas corpus. And other nonsense, young man, if you don't stop this childish blabber, you'll be regarded as a moron. So what? Since when is that a crime in this state? <laughs> young man, what I'm trying to say is that you appear so completely devoid of normal intellect as to border on stupidity. Isn't that what you say, Groucho? I don't know. What does it mean? <laughs> it means he's nuts. Now, come on, Mark. Get your things together. I'm taking you to Beverly Hills. Wait a minute, Marcy. Don't let him take you without a lawyer. I'll get one for you. I'll get my cousin. That's fine. How long will it take you to get him? Well, I don't know. He just started law school yesterday. <laughs> When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Classic streams. Well, Niall, have you reconsidered your decision not to say a word about Pat's blue ribbon beer? No, Groucho, my decision stands. I shall say nary a word. Niles, you're a disgrace to Pat's and his 33 little brews. I shall have to ask you to turn in your blue ribbon. What? Oh, no, no, Mr. Marks, not that. Ask me anything but that. Go, Niles, go. Turn in your bottle opener and go. <laughs> Very well. I I go, but before I go, I'd just like to make one statement. Very well, Niles. Make your statement. Bill Days, when Al sings your own current lovely song, the way you must tonight.
couldn't get Philip Morris. <laughs> all right, all right, here I am. Quiz me, fatso. <laughs> okay, Smurge. Now, as the arresting officer in this case, will you tell the court what happened, please? Frightening. I was driving along wonderful Wilshire Boulevard in my patrol jalopy. The radio was on, and I'm listening to Sinatra sing, all or nothing at all. <laughs> then I hear the crash, so I keep going. Why didn't you stop when you heard the crash? I figured it was just a couple of dames in the audience swooning at Frankie again. <laughs> then in my rearview mirror, I see an awful wreck. Backing up, I find that this here Groucho Mark, armed with a smoking Cadillac, has committed murder on one of the sweetest, truest lampposts a beautiful boulevard ever raised. Then in your opinion, there is no doubt of Mr. Mark's guilt in this case. In my nimble opinion... Then in your opinion, there is no doubt of Mr. Mark's guilt in this case. In my nimble opinion... I would say that on the part of Groucho Marx, this accident is a case of absolute recklessness and gross negligence. <laughs> Judge, Judge, that's a pretty scanty statement. Uh, Mr. Marx, do you wish to cross-examine the witness, or will you waive your right? Not unless he waves his left. <laughs> but I do have something to ask him. Officer, how far were you from the accident when it took place? Five feet. Three and three-quarter inches. I see. How do you know that that was precisely the distance? Because I knew some jerk like you was going to ask me, so I measured it. <laughs> Your witness, Jake. Your Honor, now that we have established the guilt of this jerk, I mean, uh, <laughs> we wish to show the court... Why the sum of $498.24 is not exorbitant. Due to the metal shortage, we will be unable to replace the lamppost for three months, during which time we are forced to hire a man to stand on the corner holding a lamp on his head. <laughs> Your Honor, I object. State your objection. If I have to pay all that money, I demand that a woman be hired to hold the light. <laughs> Matter of fact, I think I can get a woman to do the job for nothing. You can? Certainly. There are at least ten women who have been carrying the torch for me for years. <laughs> Your Honor, I should like to call my next witness. Caswell Frisket, take the stand. Uh, yeah, yeah. What do you want? Frisket, what is your occupation? Uh, I've been hired to take the place of a lamppost. I stand on the corner with a lighted bulb on my head. Every night? Yep. From 6 o'clock in the evening until 4 o'clock in the morning, I'm all lit up. <laughs> hey, uh, can I go now? Yes, that will be all, Mr. Prescott. For the next time you're in a courtroom, please remove your hat. What? And expose my bulb? So long. Now proceed, Mr. Lawton. Okay. Very well, Your Honor. I uh, I wish to sum up my case. This uh, monster Groucho Marx cowering before you deserves no mercy whatsoever. Here is a man who, sitting behind the wheel of his homicidal Cadillac, sneaked up on a defenseless little lamppost. Sneaked up, mind you, and hit this lamppost while its light was turned. <laughs> Your Honor, 
Look at this box of broken, twisted metal which before it met the descendants was once a proud and stately lamppost. A lamppost that had everything to live for. A lamppost that had worked its way up from a side street in Pomona. <laughs> the wonderful Wilshire Boulevard in beautiful Beverly Hills. And here it is, cut down at the very height of its career by this fiend who sits before you. Your Honor, I ask for a verdict of guilty. I rest my lesson. <laughs> Mr. Mark, there is still time for you to change your plea to guilty. In that case, you can plead for clemency. Why should I plead for clemency? Let clemency get his own lawyer. <laughs> Mark, please stop wasting the court's time. Do you have any defense? Plead it. Your Honor, I have been called a monster and a fiend because my car seemingly assaulted this, quote, innocent, unquote, lamppost. However, this is not a case of brutality. This is a case of love. My Cadillac loved that tall, dark, and handsome lamppost. <laughs> yes, loved it. Not wisely, but too well. Every day as I drove past, that post would wink its lamp, and my Cadillac would blush and shyly lower a headlight. <laughs> yes, my car loved that post, but the lamppost remained cold and aloof, while my car smoldered with unrequited love, its engine sputtering, its carburetor throbbing, eating its gas out. <laughs> but on the night of the accident, the lamppost smiled at my Cadillac with a new tender inviting light. My car rushed forward, out of control, and embraced the lamppost. What a smash. What an accident. What a mess. I rest my Cadillac. Mm, it is the court's decision that Groucho Marx pay for the lamppost. But it would be inhuman to deprive him of the privilege of driving in the beautiful city of beautiful Beverly Hills. Court's adjourned. Well, Lawton, at least I won half of my case. No hard feelings, old pal. Of course not, old chum. Well, I guess I'll drive back to Blue Ribbon Town now. See you again, old bean. Ah, it certainly feels good to be driving along here in Beverly Hills with a clear conscience. I think I'll open this window. Darn it, it's stuck again. I better use both hands. Hey! Look at that, will you? Look at that smash up! Yeah, and look who it is. It's Groucho Marx. What? Groucho Marx again? We lose more lampposts that way. Well, thank you, neighbors. Well, it's time for Faye McKenzie. To Wait just a minute, Groucho. This time I have a message from Pat. Well, the man's reformed. Go ahead, Niles. The first announcement of the $50,000 Pat post-war employment awards was made a little more than a month ago. Since then, the awards committee has already received a number of entries for the awards, in addition to many hundreds of inquiries about the competition. Because of the widespread interest in the past awards, we're going to take just a few moments to answer some of the questions most commonly asked. Here's the first question. Why were the awards established? The awards were established by the Pabst Brewing Company in observance of the 100th anniversary of the founding of its business in the hope of making a worthwhile contribution to the solution of a great national problem post-war employment. What are the awards? There is the first award of $25,000. 
A second award of $10,000. And 15 additional awards of $1,000 each. And all awards are payable in United States war bonds at current purchase prices. What is the basis of judging the entries? The winning awards will be those which, in the opinion of the Board of Judges, offer the best and most constructive plans for post-war employment in the United States. Who are the judges? Dr. Clarence Dykstra, Dr. Wesley C. Mitchell, Mr. Beardsley Rummel, and Mr. A.F. Whitney. Members of the faculty of Columbia University will serve as consultants to the Board of Judges. What practical use will the winning post-war employment plans be for At the close of the competition, copies of the winning plans will be turned over to responsible officials of the government. In addition, copies will be made available for study by any other agency, public or private, which concerns itself with the problems of post-war employment. In what form should entries be submitted? In the form of a signed written statement of a contestant's post-war employment plan in not to exceed 2,000 words. However, each contestant may furnish additional material in support of his plan. When does the competition close? February 7th, 1944. Where can I get a copy of the rules covering the competition? You can obtain full information about the past awards, including the official rules by which all contestants are bound, by writing Pat Post-War Employment Awards, 551 5th Avenue, New York. That's Pat Post-War Employment Awards, 551 5th Avenue, New York. And so returning to Blue Ribbon Town, we hear Faye McKenzie singing, Jojo Baby. Big Mac and was brought to you by the Pass Brewing Company of Peoria, Illinois, and Milwaukee, 
Retro Radio Today does not claim ownership over copyrights to any radio shows on our podcasts. The work in this episode has been identified as being free of known restrictions under copyright law, including all related and neighboring rights. The show copyrights are believed to be expired.